Great to have you. We love you so much. Second Samuel chapter 23 is where I want to focus our attention today. Second Samuel 23, and we're going to begin in verse 9. We're going to take a look at kind of a, uh, an obscure story from the scriptures. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to share this with you here this morning. The, the title of my message is to hold on to the sword. Hold on, hold on to the sword. And we are going to take a look at a gentleman by the name of Eleazar. Eleazar. I'd highly recommend that you not name your child Eleazar. It makes the baby dedications very difficult. Uh, but Eleazar, uh, we're, we're at a portion of Second Samuel where we are getting a listing of some mighty warriors. Some were called David's mighty men. And we get different stories of what some of these mighty warriors, these mighty fighters did. And today, we're going to take a look at just two verses that mention a pretty incredible exploit that this man did. And I want to, uh, I want to compare it to maybe some of the battles that we face in our own lives. So if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? We're just going to read two verses. 2 Samuel chapter 23, beginning in verse 9, and we're going to go to verse 10. You ready? Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai the Ahoite, as one of the three mighty warriors. He was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pastimim for battle. Now check this out. Then the Israelites retreated. But Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines until his hand grew so tired and it froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Yeah, I'm going to make this passage relatable to you today. <laughs> you ready? Let's pray. Lord willing, God, we, we, we just come to you and we know your word's already anointed. We, we know that the scripture is our foundation for how we should live and not live, what we should believe and not believe. God, that, this is our, this is our uh, moral compass, what we're going to dig into here. So, Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak to us through your word, and God, that you would uh, especially be with those that maybe are facing some battles in their lives. Lord, may we learn from the example of Eleazar today. So move by your spirit, and we'll thank you in your name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. Eleazar. Pretty wild story, huh? Eleazar is fighting so hard that his hand grows tired as he's holding the sword and it freezes. <laughs> it freezes to the sword. He just doesn't let the sword go. I want to talk to some people today that maybe are facing some battles. You're facing some trials. You're facing some difficulties in your life, 
Uh, how many of you know that sometimes life does get messy? Life does get challenging. If somebody told you when you got saved that everything was going to be fine and you would never have any troubles in your life, they were not honest with you or they were highly mistaken. Uh, the truth is that we are going to find ourselves in some battles. And that's going to vary. That's going to be different as I go through this room and those that are joining us online. That's going to vary from person to person what your particular battle and what your particular difficulty is going to be. For some, it'll be a physical one. For others, it might have something to do with our work situation. For others, it might be a financial situation. For others, it could be a relationship situation. It could be all over the place, really, as far as what these battles might look like. The question is, how do we approach our battles? We sang a lot about succeeding and, and getting victory when the battles come today. And what we need to keep in mind is that the battle will never be greater than your Savior. The battle's never greater than God, ever. Now, it might be greater than you, but it's never greater than God. But some of us really stress out when the battle is greater than us because that causes our faith in God to kind of shrink back a little bit. We start to doubt God. We start to wonder, hey, you know, what's going on here? And, 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 and I want to talk about facing maybe at times some insurmountable odds. Maybe facing some battles that just look so difficult to win. And that brings us to Eleazar, who fought so hard. And I will tell you, he fought under some really challenging circumstances, but yet there are challenges and there are circumstances that maybe some of you can identify with today. So if you're facing a battle, first of all, if you're not facing a battle, you're going to. Okay, boy, aren't you glad you came to church today? Isn't that great? That's the good news. But we're, we're going to face them. So the question is, how do we approach the battles? How, how do we approach these moments that are so difficult? I want to give you four qualities that I see in Eleazar here in this story that I think we can embrace in our own lives as well. Four qualities that we could pick up from this man who not much more is written about him at all in the Scripture. But yet, these two verses can really pack a punch as far as what we can learn about the battles that we face. So let me share those with you here today. First of all, as I read these two verses, as I read this story, we find out that Eleazar was what I would call very resolute. This man stood firm. And look at verses 9 and 10 when we talk about Eleazar being very resolute. Verse 9 says, again, next to him was Eleazar, as one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a biblical example of talking trash right there, talking smack, which I love to do. But let's, let's, let's move on and you pray for me. They taunted the Philistines, just three guys, taunted a whole army. 
You don't think he was a little confident in who he was through God? But let's continue. They were all gathered there. Then the Israelites did something incredibly strategic. (laughs) Not. The Israelites retreated. Wait, what? Can, can you imagine? And, and here you are, you're taunting the, Phil, the Philistines. We're going to take you down. You guys, are, you're in so much trouble. God goes before us. We're going to win this battle. Your mama, you know, all this stuff that they're saying, that might not be in the scripture, but I'm just kind of adding to it. So they're saying all this stuff. We're going to come after you. Right, guys? Guys? Well, hey, I guess it's just me. And what did Eleazar do? When the people, catch this please, when the people whom he should have been able to count on retreated, the scripture says he stood his ground. You know, it's one thing to be pretty confident when you got an army around you. I remember one time when I was a youth pastor, you ever see like the power team guys, you know, they, they like break bricks and they blow up hot water bottles and, and they're like, you know, they're just huge. And, and I remember we hosted one of the, we, mo- we hosted one of those muscle head teams to do some, uh, some uh, school rallies. And I will never forget this moment because it, it was really funny. Because there were four of them. They were called Strike Force. Urgh. You know, they're just they're walking around, you know. And then, and then here's me. And the old song, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. Here I am. These guys eat meals bigger than me, all right? And so we're walking in the school, and, and I'm thinking... You know, and if you walk into a public school that maybe you've never been into or, or as an adult, you know it can be a little, you know, it can be a little intimidating sometimes. And, and, and I'm walking in, and I'm surrounded by strike force. And we're just, no, I'm not doing this, but, but they're, they're walking around, you know, their chest goes through the door about eight hours before their body does, and, and it just, you know. I mean, they are just ripped. They are powerful guys. And here I am, it's just like, and it dawned on me, there is not one single person who's going to mess with us today, or me today, because I'm surrounded by strike force, biceps, triceps, and muscles I've never heard of before. Now, if strike force leaves, it's a little bit different. If I'm by myself, how hilarious would it be? It's just like, okay, you can't even watch me do that without laughing because, you know, there's nothing intimidating at all. And I kind of think of Eleazar. Here he is. He's surrounded by the warriors, the fighters, the guys that he should be counting on, and they desert him, and he's by himself. And he still stood his ground. 
How do you respond when the people that you should be or normally would count on are nowhere to be found? And let's, let's remind ourselves that we're in the midst of a battle situation. It's not like this is in the middle of eating cake. Of course, if you're near me and you're eating cake, it, there may be a battle. But this is a tough, difficult, threatening situation. And the people that Eleazar thought that he would be able to count on are now not near him. I've met people who have been in that situation where at their most vulnerable time, it seems that the people that they would normally want to count on aren't around. Maybe they get scared. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they're not sensitive to what you're going through. Maybe they just don't get it. (laughs) Maybe they're mean. But all of a sudden, the people that you thought you could depend on are not near you. How do you respond to Eleazar when it seems that you have to fight this battle by yourself? Will you still fight? Will you still come to church and sit near the people that failed you? Will you still listen to that pastor preach if maybe he didn't live up to your expectations? Will you still be a part of that whole church thing when maybe you feel abandoned? Eleazar, it's, it's going to happen to us. We're going to go through these moments. And it's our choice to either shrink back and retreat with the others or go some places or we stand firm. Eleazar was resolute. He stood there and he said, okay, if I'm going to do this myself, let's go. Secondly, Eleazar was not only resolute, but I will tell you that Eleazar remained where he needed to be. Going through battles is exhausting. How many of you would agree? And, and, and maybe not even physically as much as it is emotionally and mentally. We go through trials, and, and trust me, I'm not trying to make you feel bad here. I'm just, I just want us to be honest. You know, there have been moments where stressful situations happen in our lives, and we're just beat. It is tiring. And I got to imagine that with Eleazar taking on the Philistines by himself, look what the scripture says in verse 10. Again, it says, Eleazar stood his ground and he struck down the Philistines until his hand grew so tired it froze to the sword. I want to talk to some people that may be a little worn out from life's battles. Some people that maybe you you started strong. It's like no matter who's with me, no matter how bad this battle is, and no matter how insurmountable it might 
seemed to me you started strong. You were praying. You were connecting with other people in God's house. You were in the word. But it's gotten so tiring and it's gotten so difficult that the temptation is to kind of scale it back a little because we're tired. Maybe we're a little bit injured. If you think Eleazar didn't get a scratch or two from this battle, they weren't coming out with, the Philistines weren't coming at him with those, with Nerf guns and those little soccer bopper things. Remember those? I don't know what kind of uh, uh, evil person invented those, but they were great for big brothers. You blow them up, there's no padding at all, and you just, boom, you just beat down your brothers. It's just awesome. It would explain a lot of things in my brothers. But they weren't coming with like little Nerf stuff, toy stuff, soft stuff. They're coming at them with swords, spears, and they're, it's an all-out attack. So undoubtedly, there's some bruises that Eleazar got. There's probably a scratch or two. There was sure a lot of sweat. There was a lot of work. And he was so exhausted that he couldn't even move his hand anymore. It was just frozen to the sword. If there's any tired people around here, you've been fighting and it seems like you keep fighting the same battle all the time. Don't stop fighting. Because it could be fatal. The moment that Eleazar would have said, all right, I'm done fighting is the moment that he dies. The enemy may not want you to lose as much as he just wants you to give up. The enemy may not even want to go through with the entire battle if he knows that going through enough of it will cause you to just stop fighting. Eleazar, don't stop fighting. If you're tempted to give up because of the battle that you're facing, don't stop fighting. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, we sang about this earlier. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Eleazar remained firm. We don't know how long this battle lasted. It had had been hours, but he stayed firm. He persevered. He remained in the fight. He did not give up. Eleazar, hear me. Don't give up. You're tired. Don't give up. You haven't seen the results you want to see. Don't give up. Number three. Another quality that I admire. Eleazar was what I would call, he... uh, He was reserved in this whole thing. (laughs) 
I, I, I caught something in verse 10 that spoke to me because we would say, wow, look at the battle that Eleazar won. Look what verse 10 says. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The Lord won this battle. Well, Eleazar was holding the sword, but God won the battle. See, you might be doing the praying, but God does the winning. You might be fighting, but you have no idea just how much God is fighting for you and with you. The credit goes to God. That's the power of testimony. See, if God has done something in your life, it's not about you. It's about God. This is what God has done to me. We don't need to hear how great you are. Okay? There's enough of that in this world. What we need to hear is about the greatness of God. The world needs to know about the greatness of God. They need to know it is God who brought my family back together. It is God who restored my family. It's God that restored my finances. It's God that healed me. It is God that did the wonderful things in my life. It wasn't my charisma. It wasn't my fortitude. It wasn't my dazzling personality. It was God. Spiritual greatness will come when we give God the glory for everything. If, if God uses you, it's because of Him. You're so great. Oh, yes, I am. Praise me. No. You want to be great? The glory goes to Him. Every talent, every good and perfect gift comes from God the Father. It comes from Him. God uses you to teach, to preach, to sing, to witness, to share, to love, to encourage. Do you know who gave you all those gifts? That was God. And so it's God who gets the glory. You're just the steward of what God has given you. When I get up here, it's not about me trying to exercise some kind of talent. What it is, is me being willing to be used by God. And if that happens, to change some people's lives on a Sunday morning because we dug into God's word and we saw God's word change, then guess who gets the credit? Not Pastor Phil. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Scripture says this. I love this verse in Psalm 115, verse 1. It says, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. We saw some great results from our back-to-school blessing a week ago. You know who gets the credit for that? God. God gets the glory. Yeah, we had some key people that organized. They were sensational. In fact, we got a sensational group of people in this church that you, God just uses you. But let's not forget that it is God that gets the glory. Not Bethel Church, not the assembly of God. God. I'm going to close with this. <laughs> Eleazar and his merry band of retreating misfits they recovered. They recovered. What did they recover? <laughs> and I got to be honest with you, if I'm Eleazar, my hand's still frozen on the sword. I'm beat. I'm, I need a nap. 
And I turn around, and here come all the guys. Hey, what's up? Wow, look at all the dead people. Nice job, E. E, that's short for Elliot. <laughs> Work with me, okay? I'm 55 trying to be cool. It's not easy, all right? And, and look what they do in verse 10. Verse 10 it says this, uh, the Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned <laughs> to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. I got to be honest with you. Sometimes you're going to be surrounded by some people in your battle that will only come back when times are really good. It's going to happen. But I'm thankful that Eleazar didn't grab his sword and say, oh, 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 you want to strip the dead? How about you be the dead? No, he didn't do that. We don't even hear that Eleazar said, where have you been? I was fighting this battle. This was tough. Look at my hand. I can't get this sword off my hand. And now you're back when they're all dead? And not only that, you're back to take their wallet and their watch and their iPhone? I modernized the story a little. Seriously, guys? I didn't hear that. Sometimes other people will reap the benefits of your work. Some people will want to be around only when it's comfortable. This wasn't in my notes, so I don't know who this is for, but somebody might be struggling with this today. So hear me today, okay? You may struggle with the fact that the only time certain people show up is when it's easy. They don't want to fight with you, Eleazar. They want to come back when there's bloody carcasses that won't fight them back. They, they, they just want to say, I'm busy. I, I, I don't have time for this, Eleazar. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go throughout this alone. And God brings about the victory. Oh, look who's here. Eleazar, you're going to have to check yourself there. Because you're not in control. I said, you're not in control. God is the one who's in control. So God brought the victory. And God even allowed these people to come back and this was a this was a typical thing of war by the way you beat the army you take their sword you take their gear you take whatever they got and that is yours it's the spoils of war that old saying but i do want to ask a question eleazar what is the enemy of your soul taken from you Maybe for you, he's taken your happiness, your joy. Used to be there, but the enemy has taken it. Maybe for you, your, your fulfillment in life used to be there. It's not there now. Your security, maybe your identity your future, we've talked about the future a lot today. Your peace, your relationships, your own personal walk with God. What has the enemy taken from you? 
perhaps God has placed you in the position of some imperfect warriors, some imperfect followers of God, who maybe haven't gotten it right all the time. Kind of like these soldiers who retreated. And maybe that's been you. You've not been the great Eleazar. You've been one of those that... "Mm." But now you're at a point where there's victory in front of you. And this is the time for you to take back what the enemy has stolen from you. I'll take that happiness back. Thank you very much. I'll take my identity identity back. Thank you very much. I'll take my past and I'll surrender it to God and we're not going to deal with it anymore. Thank you very much. I will take that relationship that's been broken down. I'll take that back. I will take my peace. I will take my future. You are not allowed to have that enemy of my soul. The devil is not entitled to those things. And I believe that the children of God, whether we've been fighting like Eleazar or maybe we've not always got it right, but the children of God need to say, this has been stolen from me and I need to take it back. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. In fact, this is going to be on a future episode of our five minutes with Phil devotions. I love these verses. It says, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. My God is a restoring God. Um, And though the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Jesus has come to give me life, and life more abundantly. What has the devil taken from you? Take it back. Take it back. Ralph, if you could help me. Some of us, we're in a battle right now. Your battle might be physical. Your battle might be emotional, financial. I mean, really, the, the, the list can go on and on of the battles that we might face here. And you're facing some trials. You're facing some difficulties here. Maybe nobody else even knows what's going on in your life. Maybe nobody else knows about the fight and the battle that you've been facing in your life. But God does. God knows the battle. And you might be like the great Eleazar. I'm going to fight. And if no one's with me, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do this. And it doesn't matter if people have deserted me, I'm going to fight. You go, Eleazar. You go. You keep fighting and don't you dare give up. Under God's power, you can do this. Keep on fighting. Don't give up. But can I speak to those that 
maybe when the battle has been tough or seemed intimidating, it was like, oh, and you've backed away a little bit. I wonder if a lot more believers can relate to the ones that retreated rather than Eleazar. But may I tell you that however God brings about the victory, you are also entitled to everything that God has promised you in the Word. So maybe you've not always gotten it right. So maybe you think that you can't strip the dead. Maybe you think you can't enjoy the blessings of victory in Jesus Christ because you haven't always been perfect and you haven't always been great and you haven't always gotten it right and you haven't always been faithful. But today is the day to say, I'm back. I'm back, God. And I haven't always gotten it right, but I'm here. Maybe I didn't do as much fighting as Eleazar, but I'm here, God. And I want to take back my happiness. I want to take back my joy. I want to take back my peace of mind. I want to take back what I used to be. I, just, I want all this back. That's for you today. That's for you today. And this morning, I want to challenge you to fight. Not with a literal sword, Maybe with the sword of the Spirit. And don't let this thing go. I will know what the Word of God has to say about my situation. God, I, I believe that the promises that you tell me are true. That you'll meet every need. That you'll be my refuge and my strength. That you give me a peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That your name is a strong tower and the righteous can run to it and find safety. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I... I'm going to hang on to this sword. And God, I'll battle. I'll battle. And, and it might get tough. It might get tough. It might get difficult. But Lord, I pray that you would just help me to keep fighting and help me to stand, Lord Jesus. And God, I want to take back those things that the enemy has robbed me of. I challenge you to fight. Not just today, but the rest of this week. Will you fight for those things that you've lost? Will you pray? Will you stand on his word? Will you be faithful to him? Will you stand when nobody else does? Eleazar, you can do this. Or those of you who may have retreated a little bit, come on back. The blessing of God waits you. And he's here for you. Will you stand with me? I want to give you a chance to pray. I want to give you a chance to seek the Lord today. And if you need to come to him and pray, I want to urge you to do so today. Before you leave here, just say, Lord, help me take it back. Help me take it back. And your circumstances may not change. The fight still might come, but God is greater than your battle. So you could fight. You can fight. You can pray. You can stand on his word. So I invite you we're going to turn you loose to pray. If you want to come to the altar and pray, if you want to sit at your seat and pray, you do so. And when God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. But let's seek him today. Lord, I got to believe that within the sound of my voice, there are some Eleazars out there, confident in who they are in you. 
But Lord, now they're fighting, but they're fighting in such a way that they seem or they feel alone. But Lord, I pray that they would know that they're not alone, that you're there. God, there might be some of us who have not been the great warrior that Eleazar was. We've shrunk back, we've retreated, we haven't always gotten it right. But Lord, I pray that you would bring us back to where we need to be. And God, may we also find the blessing of God there as well. So Jesus, we choose to fight. We fight in prayer. We stand in your word. And Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, feel free to do so right now. If God's released you, you can be dismissed. God bless.